It's time for Shattered Soulstone. Featuring the latest news from Sanctuary and beyond. Each episode, a heroic party of Nephilim band together to help keep you informed on everything in the Diablo universe. And now, your Diablo Community Podcast. Coming to you from somewhere in Sanctuary, this is episode 322 of Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo Community Podcast. This episode is called lawsuit update. It is August 27th, 2021, and this is Jen. I'm going to start with my week in gaming. I did get to play in the Diablo 2 open beta, which I think I mentioned on the previous show, but um, and it was only around for a couple of days. If you got in, you got in. I think everybody was able to get in if they wanted to, and I played it on an Xbox Series S because I have a Mac, and you can't play Diablo 2 on a Mac. So, I ended up, before the beta ended, uh, completing four of the six quests in Act 1, including rescuing Deckard Kane, which was really cool. It's the first time I've done it, as I've said in previous episodes. I've, I never had the chance to play Diablo 2 when it was new because of computer issues, so it was a lot of fun. And I found a bug. Now, if you're on Xbox Series S and you want to report a bug, there is a url that shows up but you can't click it from there and i tried to copy it to let the diablo 2 team know that there was a bug or at least what i thought was a bug and got it wrong so i wasn't able to do it so instead i took a screenshot i've been taking i've been learning how to take screenshots and little like video clips on xbox series s because this is all new to me last time i played a console game was a long time ago So this is very different. And basically what happened was my barbarian died in a cave. And I started up, you know, you sort of restart in town or in the rogues camp is what it is, I guess, in this game. And you can, if you have stuff in your stash, you can pick some of that out to equip and then go after your corpse. So I managed to do that, got in, killed off the enemies that killed me before, and there's my corpse laying there. And I started to loot the corpse like you do to pick up all the stuff that my first one had that was probably better than what my you know current incarnation had. And when my bag was full, I opened up a portal to go back to the rogues camp. Now, it turns out if you place the portal right next to the corpse, the game thinks you're still trying to target the corpse. So that was fun. So I had to move over and like open another portal and go back into town. And I put the new stuff into the into the stash or maybe I just I was getting tired by then so I I think I re-equipped my new version (laughs) reincarnated barbarian I guess to some of the stuff that he'd picked off the corpse and then I was done playing for the night when I came back he was standing in town next to the stash like you do and there's his corpse right behind him so I have questions. And I wrote, I tweeted to Diablo at Diablo, I think I found a bug because there's this corpse in town where it should not be for any reason at all whatsoever that I could conceive of. You don't get killed in town. So it's just weird. You know, it's just really weird that that was there. And I'm wondering if this is not a bug, does this mean you could actually sort of stuff the corpse into your bag and then bring it into town? Is that normal? I don't think it is, but I thought it was amusing for a while. Continuing on, 
Um, if you are unaware, the Diablo 2 Resurrected uh, open beta has ended on or has ended, and uh, the game Diablo 2 Resurrected will return on September 23rd. You can play it on an Xbox Series S or X, probably PS4 or 5, and if you're on a PC, you can do it that way too. So the Diablo team put up a little 10-second video about that on Twitter. And there's another thing here from Diablo fans, and they have basically pulled in an official blue post. Uh, let's see who wrote the official blue post. Uh, Huli, community manager Huli. And this was written, um, looks like, a week ago. So I don't think I talked about this in my last show because I probably didn't see it until after that because I would have been playing the beta. Anyway, um, so he's talking about ladders. And I'll just read you some of this. Over the last week, we've seen much speculation and reactions from the community around the subject of ladder play regarding post-launch. We want to take this opportunity to share that ladder-only rune words, unique items, and Haradra cube recipes that were once restricted to ladder rank play will now, for the first time, be included in non-ladder multiplayer and single-player play. There's more to it than that. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the previous episode, but if you missed it, there it is. And I'll put everything I talk about into the show notes so you can uh, click on the links and find more later on. So now I'm going to switch gears because the Activision Blizzard lawsuit is still going on and things are not good right now. Um, not that they were ever. I mean, if you have a lawsuit filed against your company by a you know state organization that is specifically about labor rights, things are bad, you know? So there's an article here from Axios that was posted on August 24th. And it's titled, California Expands Lawsuit Against Activision Blizzard. It's never good when a lawsuit is in process and you are the target of that lawsuit and the person filing or the organization filing the lawsuit has more things to say. It's never a good outcome for the person, you know, so or the company. So um, I'll just read you a little bit of this. California has expanded its anti-discrimination lawsuit against Activision Blizzard, adding temporary workers to the female full-time employees of whom it is suing it is suing on behalf of the State Department of Fair Employment and Housing, that's DFEH, also alleges the game maker has interfered with the, its investigation. So here's uh, the amended complaint was filed Monday and it redefines the group it says was wronged by the gaming agent. Here's a couple of little bullet points from Axios. A copy reviewed by Axios specifically mentions that California's protections against anti-harassment, equal pay, and other equal employment opportunity protections, quote, exist for employees and contingent or temporary workers. And the other bullet point here is throughout the lawsuit, the word employees has been changed to workers in reference to harassment, sex discrimination regarding pay and other allegations. Now, I know I read this on Twitter. I don't know if I talked about it the last time I talked about the Blizzard lawsuit thing, but it seems there are some contract workers throughout Activision and Blizzard. Probably King. I don't know. I haven't heard anybody say anything about King specifically, but they're on a contract. So they're on a contract, which means like, um, like I, I work as a freelance writer. I have a contract with the company that I write some stuff for, and they just renew it because they're pretty happy, and I work from home the whole time, and there you go. But these people, they are actually in, well, generally in the office. I don't know what the COVID restrictions were for these companies, but in any case. So their contract is up, and it appears from what I've read online, take that for what you will, uh, that some of these contract workers were then 
required to not have a contract for a certain number of months before they could be back on a contract. But they were still working there, which gives them like no rights at all, you know? So maybe it has something to do with that as well. In addition, the DFEH says Activision Blizzard has stymied its efforts to its efforts through NDAs requiring employees to speak with the company ahead of contacting the DFEH and its involvement with Wilmer Hale, a law firm the game maker said will investigate misconduct issues. Here's a couple of bullet points from that. The suite claims that this directly interferes with DFEH's ability to, quote, investigate, prosecute, and remedy workplace discrimination and harassment violations on behalf of employees or and contingent or temporary workers. It alleges in part that, quote, documents related to investigations and complaints were shredded by human resource personnel, end quote, in violation of what DFEH asserts is the game company's legal obligation to retain them pending the investigation. Now, if you're at the point where you're shredding documents, you know you lost the lawsuit. You're just trying to maybe try to get out of the worst possible consequences. That's my opinion. I have never, ever in my life heard of a situation where a company that has been sued by a federal, well, at least a statewide agency, shreds documents and gets off scot-free with no consequences. You know what I mean? Like, they know. If that's what happened, and this company, like, this company. I could say a lot more about that, but I won't. Um, The DFEH, this is their job. This is their whole thing. They go searching for uh, violations of, you know workplace violations, that kind of stuff. And they're good at what they do for a reason. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of companies I'm sure they've investigated. This might be the one that's talked about the most at the moment. They're not making this up. If they're saying that some of these investigations, the documents related to investigations and complaints were shredded by human resource personnel, then that's what happened in my opinion, until I see something that proves otherwise. But I think that's true. I think they actually did do that. Uh, Axios has a couple of things here from an Activision Blizzard spokesperson, which I'll get to in a minute because I've got a couple other articles that I think put more than that. Uh, According to Axios, the big picture, the change comes after stories revealed toxic conditions faced by Activision Blizzard contract workers, which is what I was talking about. Um, Yeah, so there's that. And then there's an article from Polygon titled Activision Blizzard, quote, suppressed, end quote, evidence in sex discrimination lawsuit, California claims. Language in the suit was expanded to include the contract worker. So this is another level of it. Like, you're not just in trouble for, you know, treating uh, marginalized employees that are, you know, official employees bad. You also were treating the contractors bad, and this has to change. That's what this is basically saying through the update in a very short, non-legalese kind of way. Yeah, and there's some allegations in here from the DFEH. Blizzard apparently originally said that the DFEH, quote, rushed to fire file, sorry, an inaccurate complaint in July. Uh, the DFEH specifically calls out the Wilmer Hale investigation as something that directly interferes with its own investigation. The agency also alleged that Activision Blizzard has engaged in, quote, secret settlements of sexual harassment claims, non-disclosure agreements, and non-disparagement agreements with severe penalties against employees. That's a quote from the DFEH, or a partial quote. Uh, those agreements require employees to inform Activision Blizzard before speaking with DFEH, or other government agencies regarding workplace complaints. Okay, so now we have they're shredded. They've shredded 
HR documents that they were supposed to hang on to as part of the lawsuit. And we also have, you know, Wilmer Hales involved in this that prevents these workers who were abused in multitudes of ways in some cases, I'm sure, that they have to talk to Activision Blizzard first and can't go or told they, they were told they can't go to talk to DFEH first. Why would Activision Blizzard want to do that? Well, they're trying to cover their butts, so to speak, so that they know what the DFEH is going to receive so they can weasel around it. There's no good way to express that other than that. That's what they're doing. That is what this company is doing. Now, whether that's Wilmer Hale pushing it or not, it appears that the high ups in Activision Blizzard are going along with it. So it seems from the news articles here and from other things. So there's a little bit about the contract workers, but I've already mentioned them in this and you don't need everything. I will, as I said, link it all so you can read it. Um, there's an update on the Polygon article. An Activision Blizzard spokesperson provided the following statement to Polygon. Uh, we have no idea who this spokesperson is. Anonymous spokesperson. Here's what they say. And I'll let you decide if you want to believe them or not. This is the spokesperson's statement. Throughout our engagement with the DFEH, we have complied with every proper request in support of its review, even as we had been implementing reforms to ensure our workplaces are welcoming and safe for every employee. Those changes continue today and include several high-level personnel changes, revamped hiring and recruiting practices requiring diverse interview panels, greater transparency on pay equity, expanded and improved training and investigative capabilities for human resource and compliance staff, created investigation teams outside of business units to support greater independence. I bet they're talking about Wilmer Hale for that one. Uh, restructured divisions to support greater accountability. That's a nonsense sentence. Like, you're doing what specifically in there, you know? Um, enhanced review processes to include evaluation of managers by employees. Oh, boy. Okay, that sounds like, and I know I'm breaking into this statement, but to me, that sounds like, uh, look, employees, we care. We're going to let you tell us how well your managers did. And I'm sure that's going to come back to bite the employee later. I think that's what it's for. I think that's a trap. Continuing with the statement, clear boundaries on workplace behavior with a zero tolerance approach to harassment and other actions that diminish or marginalize. Continues with, we strive to be a company that recognizes and celebrates the diverse talents and perspectives that lead to the creation of great globally appealing entertainment. We have provided the DFEH with clear evidence that we do not have gender pay or promotion disparities. I don't believe them. Our senior leadership is increasingly diverse with a growing number of women in key leadership roles across the company. Well, you've got Fran still. She's um, no longer part of the women's group or in charge of it. They just hired Jen O'Neill and Mike Yabara. I think I got it right. Um, that was just recently, though. That's like in response to getting caught in all this crap. That's not something they normally would have done. You know what I mean? And those two people are co-whatever the high position is. They're sharing it, which is I don't even know what to do with that. Yeah, with regards to claims that we have destroyed information by shredding documents, those claims are not true. We took appropriate steps to, prefer, to preserve information relevant to the DFEH investigation. I never believe a company that says, oh, no, 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 we never shredded those documents when you know news hits saying, oh, guys, you shredded those documents that you're supposed to have. Never, you know, that doesn't sound right. It just doesn't sound right. It doesn't make sense to me that a company and well, a division of California government that California state government, its entire purpose is making sure that 
bad things aren't happening in the workplace. It makes no sense for them to lie about shredded documents. It does feel like Blizzard, Activision, whatever, would feel the need to lie about shredding documents in this case. And then you got to go, okay, if they're trying to hide that, if that's so, based on what the DFEH has found, and I believe them, why would you <laughs> then deny you shredded the document? I mean, I don't know. This is a freaking mess, you know? So uh, The Verge has an article, and they have the whole entire amended complaint in here. So I'm just going to skim through this a little bit and see if they found what's different in their article so I don't have to read you, like, pages and pages of lawsuit legalese kind of stuff here. Yeah, okay. In a new section of the complaint, this is from The Verge, the DFEH says Activision Blizzard is encouraging employees to talk to attorneys at the Wilmer Hale Law Firm instead of state investigators. Instead of. Not first, instead of only talk to the people we chose that have connections to Townsend, you know, for Han Townsend, um, only talk to them. Don't talk to the actual thing that's suing us. Yeah, that's not a good look. Uh, and then denying the state access to that evidence because the conversations were confidential. Ugh. That's awful. Activision Blizzard has already been criticized by both a company shareholder and the press for hiring Wilmer Hale, a law firm that was widely reported to have helped Amazon initially defeat its workers' efforts to organize in Alabama. Wilmer Hale has now broken its silence to deny any involvement with that effort and also tells The Verge that it doesn't work for Amazon or rep it doesn't do work for Amazon or represent the company in any way. Well, maybe not now. You're probably tied into the Blizzard Activision thing. I mean, come on, you know. The DFEH also claims Activision Blizzard tried to get employees to sign away their ability to speak freely to, in, to investigators in waivers, quote, secret settlements, end quote, and non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, which would require employees to notify Activision Blizzard before disclosing information about incidents covered in, by the NDA or settlements. They would also decide how much employees could freely say, giving the company the ability to, quote, take all steps it deems to to be appropriate to prevent or limit the required discourse, end quote. Wow, that's a lot. That's a whole lot. That's the main idea in here, and I'm going to kind of just skim through this thing if I can real quick to see what's different. Um, there's a thing in here about, oh, there's pay in here. Well, let's look at that for a second, shall we? It says where Blizzard is headquarters are and all this and their stock and their games. We know those things pretty much. Uh, here's a portion. Unlike its customer base of increasingly diverse players, defendant's workforce is only about 20% women. Its top leadership is also exclusively male and white. Uh, that's changed just recently as a result of the lawsuit. Uh, the CEO and president roles are now and have always been held by white men. Very few women ever reach top roles at the company. The women who do reach higher roles earn less salary, incentive pay, and total compensation than their male peers as evidence in defendants' own records. Okay, similar disparities exist throughout the company. So here's a summary compensation table that's in this lawsuit. So in 2000, uh, Robert Kotek, that's Bobby Kotek, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, his salary was, ooh, this is a lot of money. <laughs> I don't know if I can read out all these numbers because I'm really bad with numbers. But it's like $1,494,231 was his salary. And then his total was a lot more than that. So we're just talking salary. That's going to be easier for me to process. And again, you can look at this when you want to, if you care to. Um, and that's slightly less than the previous years where he was getting like 1756 or yeah, 
1,756,731. Dennis Durkin, who's the executive advisor and former chief financial officer, was getting $906,923 as salary in 2020 and a little bit less than that in the uh, 2019. Daniel Eligre, president and chief operating officer, was getting one million and two, one million two thousand one hundred and fifteen dollars for salary. There's nothing beyond 2020. Claudine Naughton was getting six hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars. So that's a thing, and this uh, includes all the stuff from the previous uh, lawsuit that we've talked about with the frat boy culture and the parties and this sort of thing. Um, so I'm trying to find exactly where it says something about. They shredded documents because that's probably in here somewhere and I'm like just skimming through it. Anytime they update a lawsuit, it just gets very, it just gets longer <laughs> to look at. Um, here's a part from factual allegations, but I think I may have read through that before. Um, yeah, I did read through that before. There's the sexual harassment section I have read through before. Okay, uh, here's a bit that I think might be new. Retaliation and defendant's failure to prevent discrimination, harassment, and retaliation. The problems of harassment and discrimination extended to at a minimum to and to and at a minimum were known to those to the t- at the top. Defendant's former chief technology officer was observed by employees groping inebriated female employees at company events and was known for making hiring decisions based on female applicants' looks. I think we kind of got into that a little bit. Um, an employee complained to Blizzard Entertainment President J. Allen Brack in early 2019 that employees were leaving due to sexual harassment and sexism. Specifically, this employee noted that women on the Battle.net team were subject to disparaging comments. The environment was akin to working in a frat house and that women who were not huge, quote, huge gamers or, quote, core gamers and not into the party scene were excluded and treated as outsiders. Female employees had raised further complaints to various human resources personnel about the discrimination they faced, including but not limited to complaints about unfair pay and assignments male co-workers belittling them or minimizing their contributions, and male counterparts being promoted quickly despite their lack of seniority. Similarly, female employees also complained of the harassment they suffered, including that male co-workers groped them, that male supervisors asked them out on dates, and of other unwanted harassment. Defendants failed to take reasonable action in response to these complaints. Such lack of effective remedial measures was not surprising, given given defendants' own internal investigation into their human resources unit noted there was a big lack of trust and that HR was not held in wide regard. Multiple employees also noted their complaints were not kept confidential. In retaliation for complaints regarding harassment and discrimination, female employees experienced retaliation by defendants that included involuntary transfers, selections for layoff, and denial of projects and other opportunities. So then we have uh, retaliation for assisting a government enforcement action, which means if they talk to you know, the company that's suing Activision Blizzard. In addition to retaliation for employee complaints regarding sexual harassment and discrimination, defendants also retaliated against employee opposition to practices forbidden under FEHA, I'm not sure what that is, and employee assistance or perceived assistance with civil rights enforcement. After DFEH, that's the one suing 
Activision Blizzard, opened its investigation and employees opposed practices forbidden under FEHA, engaged in or were perceived to be engaged in protected activity, DFEH requested documents related to employee complaints, communications and records about harassment or discrimination by defendants. Defendants refused to produce relevant evidence to DFEH, claiming that the company's, quote, receipt of complaints or investigation of discrimination or harassment complaints is privileged, end quote, and they thereby suppressed evidence and interfered with the government investigation seeking relief for employees who suffered unlawful conduct. In one instance, defendants' counsel said, quote, as a threshold issue, we note that the investigator is an attorney. Her work related to receipt or investigations of discrimination or harassment complaints is privileged. Same statement, basically. Throughout the DFEH two-year investigation, defendants have taken several adverse actions in response to employee complaints and assistance with the DFEH, including repeatedly cloaking the receipt or investigation of employee discrimination and harassment complaints in attorney-client, quote, privilege, then withholding and suppressing evidence from the governmental department charged with investigating and remedying such complaints, and ultimately interfering with DFEH's statutory duties to prosecute workplace discrimination and harassment violations on behalf of employees and contingent on uh, and contingent or temporary workers. Similarly, in response to the filing of this suit, defendants again took similar actions. And this is talking about uh, a law firm that they hired. So that's Wilmer Hale even says so in here. Yeah. And there's some other stuff in there with Wilmer Hale. Also in response to employees protected activity, defendants have also taken adverse actions aimed at curtailing employees rights in this government enforcement action, such as soliciting waivers of employee rights and obtaining repressive, if not punitive secret settlements of sexual harassment claims, non-disclosure agreements and non-disparagement agreements with severe penalties against employees without the notice of the pending government enforcement under the California fair employment and housing act and the California labor code. Defendants require employees to inter alla agree, I'm not sure what that legal term means, to the following waivers of rights. Employees are required to release, i.e. give up, all known and unknown claims that have uh, that have presently been against, presently have against the company, including the sexual harassment and other claims under these laws. Employees are required to agree to non-disclosure terms that state I have not disclosed and will never disclose the terms, including any amounts to be paid or existence of the settlement to anyone other than a member of my immediate family or my attorney or other professional advisor. This is egregious. It keeps going, okay? It absolutely keeps going. Uh, Employees are required to notify defendants before talking to DFEH, so that's not made up. That's in the lawsuit. Or another another government agency, I can make, quote, disclosures that are truthful representations in connection with a report or complaint to an administrative agency, but only if I notify Blizzard Activision first, basically, is what that's saying. Holy cow. This is really bad. This is really, really bad. Um, I'm not seeing anything that specifically says they shredded the documents, but I'm skimming through a little bit more because uh, when you get to the bottom part of any kind of lawsuit, it's sort of a reiteration, and I'm hoping it'll pop up in there. Um, But yeah, if they shredded documents, I mean, withheld documents, that kind of thing, that's real bad for Activision Blizzard, and that's probably all I'm going to say about that. And let's see, yeah, there's a follow-up here from someone, but I think I already talked enough about those things. There's a person that goes on Twitter by at BlizzJess, and I've been 
uh, mentioning her tweets a bit because this stuff's still going on. And Blizz Jess wrote on August 24th, HR destroyed the documents related to the lawsuit, which means the fine for doing so was less than the penalty for what it was. Shame on HR. Time to unionize. I will be screaming this from the hilltops now. And then there's a little blue heart, which people are using to say that you support the Activision Blizzard workers. I assume the King workers as well, but I've not heard any of them say anything. Um, Feels so... effing gross right now working here she wrote fucking gross okay it feels so fucking gross working here right now so she's still working there you know and she continues responding to someone else and says if this doesn't inspire unionization nothing will no way our system's in place now there to help the workers so she wrote that on the 24th she also wrote uh, she wrote employees are told to use the way dash number two dash play hotline to report All of those complaints go to Chief Compliance Officer, who is Francis Townsend. Oops. Hold on. Also on the 24th, at BlizzJess wrote, Employees are told to use the way-number-two-play hotline to report. All of those complaints go to the Chief Compliance Officer, who is Francis Townsend. You know, the same CCO that tweeted about how whistleblowing is a moral failure and has personal close relations with Wilmer Hale. That's the company that's... You know, that's in there. Um, This tweet is not new. Let me take that one out. Uh, That one I was going to say. Eurogamer. They also have an article about uh, Activision Blizzard has responded to newly widened lawsuit filed by the state of California. And we kind of already know about that. And then there's this article from Paste Magazine, which is kind of a mixture of things. And it's phenomenally good. I won't read you the entire thing, but you should read it. It's written by Holly Green on August 26th. It's titled, This is Not a Diablo 2 Resurrected Open Beta Preview. Okay. And there's a picture here from the first cinematic with what I assume is the Wanderer with his back uh, against a very decorated window in Marius's cell where you can, you can kind of see the outline of him and you know, that kind of thing. You know what I'm talking about. You've probably seen all these by now. I'll read you a little bit. On July 21st, 2021, Bloomberg News delivered a report about a lawsuit from the state of California on behalf of former Activision Blizzard employees detailing years of alleged harassment and professional discrimination. Multiple women were included as part of the report. Dozens more have since come forward on social media and other platforms. One woman allegedly lost her life to suicide following the abuse she received at the company. This is a Diablo 2 open beta preview. That's what... That's what the first paragraph says, okay? Um, There's a few paragraphs in here about uh, the author Holly Green's uh, experience with Diablo 2 originally, what was going on in her life at the time, and, um, you know, that kind of stuff, uh, which is interesting, but I'll let you read that yourself. The open beta was held over the past two weekends. If the other players had the lawsuit on their minds, the numbers didn't seem to show it. My multiplayer games were always full. I wonder if anyone felt as conflicted about playing the game as I did. Obviously, playing Diablo 2 isn't an endorsement of Blizzard's behavior, but it feels obscene to praise them for anything, even something as unrelated as a re-release, when it could distract from what we should be talking about, their employees' abuse of women. It's not uncommon for publishers who are in the media doghouse to hide behind good reviews or positive press. And anyone with a platform has the power to persuade. So what is my job as a games critic, to be honest, about how I feel about the beta in doing so getting us back to quote business 
business as usual to ignore the game, weakening its relevance, but removing necessary critical pushback from the dialogue or write about it and hope that somehow I can cram artistic, social and technological critique into a single review. And, uh, mentions a bit about how it's you know it's an open beta there's not a lot to say you know um she did have some good things to say about you know the visuals are modern and the gemstones and runes drop more frequently that kind of thing but i'll read you this part but as i played the open beta i thought a lot about how i would cover activision blizzard games in the future or if i'd cover them at all i don't like contributing to the fame that facilitated the abuse and to a certain extent the wound feels personal not just as someone who went through something similar but as a person who respected the people who made those games and now realizes how many of them were incapable of respecting her back and while the audience is not the victim here i admit i am exhausted and resentful not just from the sheer scope of the sexual and gender-based harassment in games, but from having come to terms with it over and over again, having to come to terms with it over and over again. So it's really good and it keeps going and you should read the whole thing because this person, I, I don't know who this person is. I don't know anything about this person other than this, um, not a beta preview <laughs> uh, post on paste, but I thought it was really well written. Okay, so to continue, there's a person uh, that goes by at dog spinster on Twitter, and she wrote this on the 26th. ABK is subjecting people who have, ra- who have raised HR concerns to internal investigations. We have a legal right to talk publicly about this unfair labor practice. In my case, it started with a 1-1 invite with HR to talk about my past HR complaints. And she's got the hashtags, hashtag a better ABK and hashtag end abuse in gaming. And she continues with a little thread. I wanted to believe they were trying to make things right, so I went. I was promised a follow-up update on my reports, which never happened. It turns out I was lucky. Others were forced into signing an NDA or settlement. Her last tweet in this thread says, Maybe this was because I opted out of forced arbitration. Anyone hired after 2019 or who didn't opt out won't be as lucky. It's impossible for me to trust the company has my best interests at heart when they're allegedly shredding our old HR reports and still trying to silence us. So that's a thing. Unrelated but not. You'll see. Uh, There's a message from the Overwatch team that was posted on At Play Overwatch. And I'll just read you this because it's not very long. We built the Overwatch universe around the idea that inclusivity, equity, and hope are the building blocks of a better future. They are central to the game and to the Overwatch team. As we continue to discuss how we best live up to our values and to demonstrate our commitment to creating a game world that reflects them, we believe it's necessary to change the name of the hero currently known as McCree to something that better represents what Overwatch stands for. We realize that any change to such a well-loved and central hero in the game's fiction will take time to roll out correctly, and we'll share updates as this work progresses. In the near term, we have we had planned to kick off a narrative arc in September supported with a new story and game content of which McCree was a key part. Since we want to integrate this change change into that story arc, we will be delaying the new arc until later this year and instead launch a new FFA map this September. Going forward, in-game characters will no longer be named after real employees. 
and we will be more thoughtful and discerning about adding real-world references in future Overwatch content. This will help reinforce that we're building a fictional universe that is unmistakably different from the real world and better illustrates that the creation of Overwatch is truly a team effort. Work on these updates is underway, and they are just a part of our ongoing commitment to honest reflection and making whatever changes are necessary to build the future worth fighting for. We know that actions speak louder than words, and we hope to show you our commitment to making Overwatch a better experience in-game and continue to make our team the best it can be, and that is from the Overwatch team. And I'd like to point out that, if you don't know, the cowboy character in Overwatch is named Jesse McCree, who is one of those people who recently left the company and or was fired because of the Cosby suite. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go to past episodes or just search for it on Twitter. You'll find it. Um, And to have that character named after that person is incredibly toxic right now and probably was the whole time because I'm thinking if this guy abused people and I don't know but if he did and you're an Overwatch player and you see you know McCree I mean are you going to just aim for him specifically or are you going to feel whatever that person in real life may have done to you or said to you Uh, you know so you got to get you got to make that change absolutely got to make that change so I'm glad they're doing it but I want to be clear this is from the Overwatch team this is not something that the high ups in Blizzard want to do this is what the team is doing to make things better and I've noticed over and over that it is the employees who are still there still working on things that they want people to be able to enjoy that are making these changes it's not the high ups that get paid so much more than the employees do Okay, so I've got another tweet from at Dog Spinster. Trust has to be earned. It cannot be bullied into people. Forcing workers to settle HR complaints using shady contract lawyers is a surefire way to permanently damage trust in a current lead- in current leadership. A union could leg- legally protect us from this bullying. I don't know if I read that before, but it's worth you know pointing out again. If you want to read about the uh, change of McCree's name, uh, Wowhead has an article about that as well. And there's, there's a Twitter account called Game Workers of Southern California. And they wrote this. Let's talk about small concessions. Many rightfully point out that renaming a character is not systematic change. Real change is meeting the four extremely reasonable demands set by the at a better ABK organizers. But to leave it at that is reductive. And then they're pointing to an IGN article about McCree's name being changed. Game Workers of Southern California continues in a thread. Concessions show that management is scared. They fear the threat of further collective action. Neither this nor the WoW character renames nor the dismissal of several known abusers could have happened without the walkout and continued organizing. And there's a little bit more in there, but that's like the key points. And uh, there's a thing in here I was looking at, but I don't quite understand it now, so never mind. Girls Gone Wild podcast. Obviously, they talk about World of Warcraft, but they have been talking at least a little bit, at least in one episode that I listened to about this whole thing. They wrote this on Twitter. So, been a week over at Blizzard, it seems. This is your reminder that we fully support Blizzard employees fighting to make their work lives better. And you should follow them over at at, at a better ABK to see what's happening. And then I have, I've mentioned this before, uh, there is an a better Ubisoft, like a better ABK. And it's run by former Ubisoft employees and current ones as well. And it's kind of following in the footsteps of a better ABK. So they've, uh, there was an open letter of at some point recently that people signed to Ubisoft management 
And so this Twitter account is saying if you are one of these people or if you work for or have worked for Ubisoft and would like to share your reasons for uh, signing the open letter, you know, here you are. And so they've been taking these and anonymizing them completely and sticking it in a little like quote in a, in a visual image. And so here's a few of them. This person wrote, I heard an executive defend the overwhelmingly white male and abusive editorial team by saying that if there was a, quote, qualified female Korean handicapped lesbian to do the job, we would hire her, but that person doesn't exist, end quote. That was during a North American-wide meeting. He's still in position today. Here's another one. The abuser investigated at my studio was allowed to quietly step down without even an internal acknowledgement of the suffering caused over several years. Another one, at the end of our listening session with our newly hired managing director, they told us that they would not take action because they were not there to see the first to see firsthand the abuse. And one more. An abuser clearly stated that what was in some articles was partly true, apologized, and continued with, now that it's done, let's forget and look at the future. They've been promoted since. So this is not just an Activision Blizzard thing. This is happening at Ubisoft. It's probably happening in other places as well. And I feel like this is something that needs to be known. Because the, the games that you play, I don't know if you play Ubisoft as well as Blizzard or whatever companies you're playing from, the games that you play are made by real people and their lives are being destroyed by horrific management and all kinds of abuse. And some of them are still there because they really want to see their company get better, you know? And they're still working on these things and they put a lot of, you know, themselves into the stuff that they're working on in game. I've seen, and I can't name them off because I don't remember, but I've seen situations where something releases in World of Warcraft and all these people are like, oh, I love this thing. And then someone that worked on it is like, oh, I'm so glad you love this thing. And it says a little more about it. I mean, these are real people and we need to remember that. And I mean, yeah. I'm, I played through the Diablo 2 Resurrected beta as much as I could. I have, I'm I've bought the game. I'm going to play it. It's the one Diablo game that I missed out on, so I'm definitely going to do it. And I feel like if we all just stopped playing the games entirely, that there's a whole lot of people that would get laid off for you know, no fault of their own. But it's important to keep in mind that I think previous to this lawsuit, there was this idea that at least Activision Blizzard King was like this really friendly, comfy, wonderful organization. And then we find out all of the rot that's been happening under it. So, I mean, I feel like there probably are some people out there that were content creators of one type or another or another that were involved in, you know, or very heavily interested in playing constantly one or more of those games from Activision Blizzard. And after seeing this, I think there's some people that are kind of trying to come to terms with that because they've identified themselves so much with the games they play and the company that makes it. And that's got to be kind of hard. But what's harder is the people that were abused that are still not getting, I don't know, compensation of some kind for it, you know? And I've heard people say this a number of times. It's okay to be excited about things like the Diablo 2 Resurrected game coming out. It's okay to be excited and play that and enjoy it, even though it's from a horrible company. As long as you are aware, you know, that this is a horrible company. I mean, you can't... It's hard to separate the horrible things that the management is doing from the wonderful teams that are building these things for us to play. It's kind of, it's hard to, to shift. And I think my way of doing it is I'm going to keep playing Diablo games. 
because I know that team could use some support too. And um, there we are. So this has been probably a long episode. I'm not sure. But my biggest concern with all of this is that when these like new expansions and new stuff in different, different Blizzard Activision games comes out and all of this, that we're going to forget. We're going to forget that a lot of people were abused by these companies, by the people in these companies at several levels of it, that they were not paid appropriately. And we're going to stop talking about it. We're going to stop tweeting about it. And we, at least I will, keep it up. Because this needs to be known. And if we can get a company as big as Activision Blizzard King to face some actual real legal consequences as a result of this, perhaps that might be in the back of the minds of the people that are high up in other gaming companies that are also just as bad. So that's where I'm going to end this today. You have been listening to episode 322 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. Missed an episode? You can find the show blog and listen to the show archives at www.shatteredsoulstone.com. Come join us in-game. Our in-game community and clan, both named Shattered Soulstone, are open to anyone who would like to join. You can also join us on Discord for the ultimate team and community-based experience. Find the Discord invitation link on our Twitter and Facebook page, as well as at the Shattered Soulstone website. This show is powered by you, the listener. Send in your thoughts, contributions, questions, and feedback to our Twitter at Shattered Stone or Facebook at facebook.com slash Shattered Soulstone. Thank you for listening.